Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Guys, you're right. Mattress Mac, the marketing man, is not too happy after his Astros got defeated. By the Washington Nationals, 7-2. We're going to have a Game 7, guys. We have a World Series champion crowned tonight in Game 7. But Game 6, guys, it was a pitching duel. Steven Strasburg versus Justin Verlander. Strasburg came to play and won. 8.1 innings pitched, two earned runs, seven strikeouts, and two walks. Verlander, not too well. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, three strikes, three walks. And it was funny. Uh, I, I loved this part of the game. Alex Brenman homers in the first, carries his bat to first base, and then Adam Eaton hits a solo shot to tie it, and then Juan Soto takes the lead with a solo shot, carries his bat to first base. That is the most uh, amazing thing I've ever seen so far in the World Series. That, that was great. That's just that's yeah, just sticking it to him right there. It's great. I love it. So the audio uh, though, the Trey Turner audio in the dugout berating Joe Torre was hysterical. Oh, it was great. It was this was a really good game, all in all. I mean, it had everything: drama, <laughs> home runs. Yeah, is the World was, Series. Did, wasn't that in Major League? Didn't he carry the bat? Yes, Serrano did. You don't help me now, Joe Boo. I do it myself. <laughs> exactly and then exactly. he carries it around. Oh, trust me, Joe. It's my favorite movie of all time. I'll tell you That's the entire great. script. But, yeah, That's he carries great. the bat around. Pedro Serrano finally hitting Serrano. the curveball into left field. Is that, well, you, that think, you think anyone will ever take it to second base? Or are they not allowed? Pedro Serrano did. Right, <laughs> obviously, Serrano he did. did but... Absolutely. He wouldn't, let, he wouldn't give it up. Obviously. I now, listen, that. it's like, like oh. if you can bat flip. Why can't yep. you bat carry? All the way Why to home? <laughs> Why not? That if someone great. hits a game-winning home run tonight, they should uh, carry it around the they, all the they should go They should. If an Astro Absolutely. does, if Bregman does, you know he ain't giving oh, yeah. that bat up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But what a game That's last night, guys. Anthony Rendon going three for four. His home run put the game away in the fifth inning to give the Nationals the lead. Game seven tonight at 8 p.m. on Fox. It's Max Scherzer. Taking on Zach Greinke. Great, great, great pitching duel here. Nationals are plus 122 on the money line. The over-under is 7.5. And, and a couple props here I saw to hit a home run tonight. Juan Soto's at plus 270. Alex Bregman's at plus 350. Altuve is at plus 390. And Anthony Rendon is at plus 310. So, yeah, I'm expecting a lot of home runs here. They're, they're going to leave it all out on the field tonight. So, they're going to be swinging for the fences uh, in Houston. The NBA last night, guys. The Heat took down the Hawks 112-97. to Jimmy Butler, in his Heat debut, made his first four shots and finished with 21 points. But it was the Heat rookie Tyler Hero who finished with 29 points. And I'm a hero. I'm holding up a hero to the yeah, end of the night. Old. Yeah, I'm an 80s man, guys. I'm, a, I'm an old soul. I know. You think mono is an 80s uh, sickness. Yeah, exactly. Mononucleosis. Uh, so, but Hawks Trey Young uh, sprained his right ankle in the second quarter. Uh, the MRA, I believe it came back negative, but we're going to keep an eye on that and see how long he's out for. Uh, so hopefully Trey Young gets back on the court because he was dominating early in the season. Guys, the Mavericks took down the Nuggets 109 to 106. Mags, uh, Maverick, excuse me, Max Kleba had 14 points and seven rebounds off the bench and a key block to end the game. 
Uh, and the Nuggets, Paul Millsap finished with 23 points. In the other, the third game on the slate, the Lakers, Brian, Venmo Brian's team, the Lakers took down the Grizzlies 120 to 91. Anthony Davis, four games into the season with his new team, and he drops 40 points and 20 rebounds. His first 40 20 games since 2016. Oh, and he only played last night 31 minutes, three quarters. The guy's a beast. What a game for Anthony Davis. LeBron James finished with 23 points and eight assists. Hey, uh, guys, I know you guys are both Jet fans, but what happened last night at the NFL trade deadline? I mean, we were it was a fire sale. Jamal Adams is up for sale. Le'Veon Bell is was up for sale. Though? Nothing. But nothing like, happened. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, we weren't putting him up for trade. Nah. But now it's, it's all that drama, and now there's a rift between Adams and general manager Joe Douglas. He attacked he him on Twitter. He went behind his back. He said, quote, he went behind my back and shot me around to teams even after I asked him to keep me here. Crazy business. In a post-trade deadline news conference, Joe Douglas confirmed that he actually heard offers for Adams, but he didn't initiate them. So he said, quote, he said, uh, excuse me, let's see here. He said his policy to listen to all offers, and that's no player except for a franchise quarterback, is untouchable. So I, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm Jamal Adams, I am not happy at all with my general manager. I mean, he said he wants to be here, but this is yeah, tough I to mean, come back is, from. How do you do? What do you do now, Joe? I mean, they're going down to Miami, where, by the way, they're only three-point favorites now. But you know, Robbie Anderson was supposed to be traded. Uh, Jamal Adams was supposed to be traded. There was rumors about Le'Veon Bell. Like, what does that locker room lo- feel like right now, Joe? Uh, it feels uh, just like it did uh, last week, like nobody knows uh, what the hell's going on there, nor do they, uh, I think Le'Veon Bell, and Co- what is Le'Veon Bell? He, it was all about the money for him. It'll all continue to be about the money. Jamal's a little more invested. He wants to be there, and yeah, that was just terrible PR from top to bottom yesterday. For Le'Veon took to Instagram posting a yeah. video saying he wants to be in New York. All the rumors. Yeah, he's were, not very good said, at it. He said, stick with he's us. He's a little emotional, too. Yeah, you can see it. But he said, stick with us. So he, he wants to be there. He's happy to be there. We'll see what happens. He said it's going to take a long time. So, Jet fans, hold on. Le'Veon Bell is here to stay. Uh, but see like what happens. The oh, yeah. God. Right there, right? All right, we're going to send it back to the guys. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Hour number two on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It is time to make it rain. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. As we uh, as we broke down game, uh, game six last night for you in hour number one here. And it was epic controversies, bat flips lies cheating like you name it we had it all last night in the game six uh but we shouldn't uh we shouldn't let that overshadow what was really guys a- another unbelievable performance by steven strasburg he is now five and oh uh in these uh in this postseason he is also now that was the fourth game the nationals had faced for elimination in the postseason and he won three of the four games. He's been on the mound there. So he has been nothing short of, and not just obviously this year, but his entire career, the numbers speak for themselves. Much like uh, Mariano was absolute money for the Yankees back in the day, Strasburg has proven to be absolute money for the Washington Nationals in the postseason. But now he's done his gig. 
Now it's up to Max Scherzer, who is definitely going, ready to rock and roll, was thrown in the bullpen last night, would have been available if it remained a one, you know, a one-inning, uh, one-run game. But as it worked out, it's Scherzer. Corbin will back him up. So you got really two, you got two of your starters ready to go in case something goes crazy, right? Because Corbin's ready to rock. He was throwing yesterday too. Granky and then I guess Cole would come in for a run, but I'm thinking really it's Granky in the bullpen. Uh, they pitched Peacock last night. They pitched some right. of the guys that they've used. So it's really Granky and that bullpen is going to be in charge of winning game seven. I do think the uh, the Nats are going to rely on Scherzer and Corbin and Annabelle Sanchez, those three starters, Dane. I think those are – that's your pitching tonight. And then do a little if you need them late in the game. That's it. Yeah, I mean, this is the definition of Johnny Holstaff, right? Yep. Like, literally everybody, with the exception of Verlander and Stroudsburg, are available. Yep. You mentioned that Doolittle only went two-thirds of an inning, and he's the closer. It'd be regular back-to-back nights for him. Come I think one, it'll be come all, all starters. I think it'll be all starters for them. And you know what? I think that's an advantage. I, I really I think do. It's I be think that's an advantage. Yeah, like who has a 120 batting average against which pitcher, that kind of thing. I think yep. it could be all-star status matchups. Game seven. Nothing better, guys. Get ready for it. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, so Game 7, all the marbles here tonight in, uh, in Major League Baseball. There will be a champion either in D.C. or in Houston, and it will be uh, an epic, I think, game here. It will live up to the hype Game 7s usually do, but if you are looking for a statistical edge somewhere along the line, the truth is, guys, 10 times we've gotten a Game 7 like this uh, since 2005. And it's been 5-5. Home team, away team, favorite, underdog. Uh, it is does not get any more coin flip than this tonight. And even Scherzer versus Granky, you would think there might be. Game sevens, it's all out the window, guys. It really has to come down to you to think who has got the edge when they step on that field. Who, who do you think, Dane, is going to uh, provide the matchup? I do think that having three starters and three different starters, by the way, for the Nationals, being able to roll Scherzer out for as long as he can go, then coming in with the lefty, which they've had trouble with in the past, and then come in back in with a Sanchez, who I think we noticed last night, the off-speed pitch, the curveballs, what Strasburg was throwing, is really been the hardest thing for the Astros to be able to get a grip on. They hit fastballs name better than anything I've ever seen. Like this is one of the best fastball hitting teams that we have seen in a very, very long time. It's the off speed stuff. Guys like what Annabelle Sanchez, guys like what, you know, what um uh, what they can bring in mixing it up with the speeds is really what's 
giving them the most problems. If you're just going to groove 97-mile-an-hour fastball, you're going to get tattooed by these guys. It's the off-speed pitch that's been the biggest problem, and I think that favors the Nationals given who they can bring in after Scherzer. That makes sense to me. You know, the idea of you're right. You know, it don't matter how fast it is these days in this uh, high-velocity, oh, consistent <laughs> bat <good>. path that <laughs> yeah. we're in, right? They yeah. all know how to hit the fastball. It is the off-speeds pitch, which gives you, you know, a different angle off the same exact bat path that these guys are talking about. And the other thing, you mentioned the guys that can come in with that off-speed. To me, it's also the fact that Corbin's a lefty. Joe, so yeah. they're going to be able to kind of go righty, lefty, righty. And I think, you know, you think the starters, I, I I can see it. I also know that Davey Martinez has the book and knows the batting average of every player on the Astros against all of his pitchers. So right. I wouldn't be surprised to see a whole lot of managing. We might see just the p- pitchers, but the starters, but we may also see 10 pitchers go, you know, and a lot of guys going one, two batters. Um, so we'll see. Uh, to be honest, though, Joe, you talk about the starters coming in and all this. I also think it's viable that just like I said last night, this is going to be Strasburg for 115, and then we see where we are. You're telling me it's going to be very hard to get Max Scherzer out of that game if he mm. is pitching well. He will scream at David Martinez oh, yes. and be like, hell no, I'm not giving you the ball. Yep. I, I guys, I, and the other thing that's really pushing me over the edge, and, and you guys know I do – on air yesterday, we took six to one while we were on here in the series. So, yes, I definitely have a uh, have a vested interest here in the Nationals winning this game. But, man, I got to tell you, the whole all I keep thinking about with Scherzer is I'm watching him last night. Right. And and watched him in game five where he was practically in tears that he could not throw in that game and how he couldn't get out of bed. This has got bloody sock written all over it to me, doesn't doesn't it? It just feels that hero, you know, just like what Schilling brought to the table where Willie Gold won't. You know, this is the same thing with Schilling that year, guys. You weren't sure. Was he going to go? Was he not? Oh, my God. He's bloody thing. He was like, I'm going. This is Max. This is Max Scherzer right now. Reminds me. This is like Michael Jordan with the flu against the Jazz. Yeah, this is you're talking about a guy that might not be able to. He wasn't able to walk. He couldn't dress him. This is exactly what Schilling was all about uh, that year when he was just dominant with uh, with um, uh, with Randy and company there. He actually yeah, was with the yeah, yeah. It was just it feels it. You know what Bloody I mean? Bloody really, Boston, but yeah, Boston rally. Yeah, it just feels like. Here it is, guys. It's setting up for this guy to be go down in history as much like Schilling, one of the hard nosed, one of the best pitchers of uh, big game pitchers of all time. Scherzer has that opportunity here tonight, going up against, like you said, you know Johnny Valium here tonight and Zach Granke. Yeah, I just posted uh, on Twitter that uh, Cortisone and Zoloft will be pumping through yes. the veins of uh, yeah. the starting oh. pitchers oh. tonight. I thought oh. PEDs were illegal, though, Joe. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's not okay. like Cortisone and Zoloft aren't going to enhance the starting pitchers' performances tonight. Yep. But no, I no, digress. Yeah. You know, I, I, I submit to you, Joe, you know, and, and honestly, that's the way I'm leaning. I don't care about Corbin. I don't care about Sanchez. Mm. I don't care about Doolittle or Hudson or anybody else. What I'm reminded of, and some people that are listening these days may not go this far back, Joe, you remember Braves Twins? I think it was 1990, 1991. Jack Morris R-10 and John Smoltz yep. yeah. on the hill in game seven. And that game went 10 innings, one nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And Jack Morris, I believe, went 10. John Smoltz, I believe, went nine. Yep. So, um, 
That's what I'm calling for. I uh, To your you. point that yeah. Schilling's this bulldog, right? You give me Max Scherzer that feels like he let his team down and couldn't go game five and wants, like you mm-hmm. said, wants to prove I'm with more of this bloody sock kind of idea. I would not be surprised, Joe. What did Johan Santana throw in like that, that no-hitter that ruined his career? He threw like 147 pitches or something like yep. that. There's stories yep. also Al Leiter once in the World Series went like 140 some odd pitches i don't know joe i think this is max scherzer's game i I like how are you gonna if if this is one one in the seventh yep you're walking out there and taking the ball away from max scherzer yep well hello that's the whole it it ain't gonna happen and i know and i think he's he's gonna be ready to rock and roll guys he's gonna be complete games also joe grinky has gone nine also Granky is not a schlub, so th- this guy That's is going to bring it too. You know what I mean? He's got the. That's why I brought up Morris and because this yeah, is a great pitching there. matchup in a game yep. seven, Joe. Yep. But this is ultimately going to come down to which lineup goes ahead and delivers. That which guy has the Rendon Watch performance it. like last yep. night? Is there a guy that comes out there and just takes over the game? Uh, as far as MVPs go, you've got a couple that could play into effect here tonight. I, I still think Strasburg, if they go on to win this, I don't know how you don't give it to Strasburg uh, with what he did there last night and in game two. But both games, they look to him um, in that situation. I think it's it, – he's made a case. Rendon, how do you not? Even Soto at this point. I think those are the those are the three guys for the Nationals. And for the Astros – what do we got? You got Cole lost the game. Like, so I don't think any of the pitchers for the Astros for the Astros, it's really got to be, you know, maybe Springer or Altuve. Uh, but who else really has stuck out to you from the Astros from an MVP standpoint? Um, that's really it, right? I mean, it's, it's certainly yeah. not a pitcher or unless, well, who knows if, if Granky wins, he would have went, uh, if Houston wins tonight, I think it's one of the hitters. I think it's a Springer. I think it's an, uh, a Correa, someone like Ooh, Correa that. Too. But That's it depends, a good one. It depends yep. on if they win. If they do win, if one of those guys gets the crazy clutch hit that does it tonight, you know, mm-hmm. um, it could be because it is that close, I think, on the Houston side. On the yep. Washington side, I think the leader in the clubhouse is Steven Strasburg, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if Washington wins tonight and it's, you know, nine, two and nothing from tonight was the big thing. I think it's Strasburg, but, and you said it, I think Rendon and I think Soto are both mm. still alive. Like if they have heroics tonight in the seventh inning or later, if it's Rendon right. that gets game winning hit Soto gets another moon shot, something like that. I think they're live, but the favorite and the leader in the clubhouse should be Strasburg. Yes, yes, I, I definitely think that's the way to. Unless Granky throws go you know, two hitter here tonight or something, then he'd be two and zero in the World Series. Right. And the Astros he, side, I think it's still up yeah. to debate. Yep, absolutely. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch it unfold. It's also it was uh, not fun for Jet fans yesterday to watch the trade deadline uh, unfold, where ultimately nothing happened except everything the alienated happened. the entire team. Yeah, I mean, nothing happened, but everything happened. And if you want to believe the reports, and it's interesting because I don't know how much of this, uh, I don't know how much of this is PR catch up and, uh, you know, trying to ease the pain, but it appears the Jets weren't making the calls. They were simply answering the calls, which are, hey, listen, if you hear there's fire, right? I get it. You know, I get why they're getting the calls. 
but we'll talk about who they alienated and why, not to mention quarterback changers, kicker changers, everything else, NFL headline. Coming up next year on Make It Rain. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. season it is underway and you can dunk on your nba dfs competition using dailyroto.com compete with the pros FanDuel, and DraftKings with the dailyroto.com optimizer it is the most accurate projections in the nba dfs world plus you get lineup alerts uh, breaking news late swap support and much more you can save 10 percent now on winning nba dfs advice with the promo code dunk just visit dailyroto.com forward slash dunk to learn more. That is dailyroto.com forward slash dunk and get your 10% off now. Keeping in mind that dailyroto.com, it's where millionaires are made. And welcome in here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez as we get you guys ready for the week that will be tonight at game seven, more NBA. But of course, We've got a week nine of NFL slate uh, almost uh, upon us here. What actually a pretty good NFC West matchup there. Interesting matchup from the standpoint of the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray taking on the San Francisco 49ers should be interesting to say the least. A lot can be uh, said about the future of these two teams here currently, and we'll see them line up on Thursday night. But we did have we had a trade deadline come and go yesterday, and the few hours leading up to the trade deadline were amazing. Absolutely amazing where you could really tell what teams in the NFL are are totally dysfunctional. Uh like you guys think there's leaks in the White House. NFL teams, everything that came across yesterday, whether it be the Jets or the Redskins or you go down the list, uh the information that was being leaked yesterday to the media was Epic. Uh, really was epic because it wasn't coming from the general managers, guys. It was uh, the organizations are a mess. They're an absolute mess. And it starts with the Jets, of course, who all of a sudden we were wondering. We heard about Robbie Anderson and, you know, we had heard that and we got it, you know, but we were never expecting. We were on this show yesterday talking about the possibility of maybe a Trent Williams and so on and so forth. But Lev Bell never came up. Jamal Adams never came up. There were guys, none of that we would ever even consider would possibly be coming up here, Dane. But yet, the fire sale term was used all over the place. And then Jamal Adams is, is you alienated half the locker room and the team. And now they, they're throwing their hands up going, I don't know what happened, man. Like, it's news to me. I didn't do it. You know, people called us. You know, I, we got calls. Well, of course you got calls. Why wouldn't they call you? If everyone thinks you're having a fire sale, like why would Jerry Jones think Jamal Adams was available if Jamal Adams wasn't available, Dane? Like why would anybody pick up the phone and call the Jets to inquire if there wasn't, you know, smoke where that fire is? You know, what, what in the hell are the Jets 
doing? Are they going to hit the reset button? Like, what what was all of that about in your mind yesterday? It's a good question, Joe. I don't know, right? Like, so we talked yesterday about, you know, what Gaze's future, right? And mm-hmm. I think you and I are on the same page on that. But it, if you hit the reset button, Jamal Adams is one of the people you want there, right? right. Le'Veon Bell, you spent the money and all he's done is perform like a good teammate. You want him there, right? So I, I don't, I don't really know. It's one of these situations where maybe there's some kind of weird power dynamic at play. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. What I do know is that it just adds – you framed it correctly, Joe, at the beginning. Like you can tell what organizations are functional and which ones are dysfunctional, right? You're seeing buzz about Jamal Adams. When we talk about the Cleveland Browns, that people being added on Instagram and stuff like that. Meanwhile, other, other teams – I. I an organization, Joe, that I think I, I know you and I both think are run well. We were wondering if they were going to make a deal, but you never really heard it. I'm talking about the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles with Chris Harris, right, or someone right. else. They were like, oh, they may do something, but that's all you got. That's all you knew, right? Because what are they going to do if something doesn't come to pass? They can't alienate who's left there. You can really tell who's uh, – who's kind of run well and who's not. I will say this. When you talk about the smoke or fire, here's what I'm going with to try to make myself feel better. Maybe other organizations, you know, the smoke was them actually trading Leonard Williams. So they made Mm -hmm. the move to trade Leonard Williams, which does signal to the rest of the league that they're open for business, right? And if they're open for business and it's true that they were receiving calls instead of making calls on people like Adams and Bell, eh, then maybe I can mm. buy it, you know, but that's still a stretch. That's but that's the narrative I'm going to go with, Joe. Yeah, it was I get you know business is business, guys. If the if you think it, I understand why Jerry's picking up the phone, I'd want Jamal right. Adams too. Like I get all of that. There's nothing to be offended about there, I don't think, Dane. I it's business. I get it. But publicly, the way it was all leaked, that oh, was yeah. coming from somewhere. And it's usually well, somewhere in the Yeah, it's coming in the front office. Somebody's picking up the phone going, these guys are a mess in here, and you have no idea what's going on right now. So right now, they know it, too. So it wouldn't behind the scenes. There has got to be some turmoil going on upstairs because somebody's leaking that information. And it sure as hell uh, wasn't going to be Adam Gase or or Joe Douglas at this point. So it, it just goes to show you. And the other question you have then is. If you are on what happened yesterday, there's some other teams that are very disappointed for the lack of moves, like the Cincinnati Bengals. Why in the world are we having conversations today about A.J. Green not being on another team? Or, you know, you go down the list. They have guys, assets on that team they could have sold, they could have traded and built up and get ready for the draft or hit the restart button. And I, I see a lot of Cincinnati Bengal fans going, it's great that we're moving on to Finley to see what he has. But guys, why are we still holding on to people that are not going to help us win games in the near future? Like, what are they doing in Cincinnati? Yeah, Joe, you know, we've been working together on this show for something like nine months or so far. And one of the phrases I've told you the most, Joe, is the race away from the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the Bengals, it's clear. It's clear to everybody. And guess what, Joe? It's clear to the damn Bengals because they made the quarterback move. Right. (laughs) On one side, they know 
that Dalton's time is up. He's a free agent. They got to see what they have in the kid. And by the way, Joe, this is a third-round draft pick in a world where Minshew has a sixth-round pick and mm-hmm. Kyle Allen has an undrafted yep. free agent are finding success. So this was a third-round draft pick. I'm intrigued to see what he can do. And now he'll have A.J. Green back, too. You know, So that's one thing. But the Bengals declared by moving on from Dalton that – they know they're at the bottom of the cycle, right? They got a time to reset. So if that's the case, why is A.J. Green on this roster? Why is Tyler Eifert on this roster? Why is any random linebacker or safety that is decent and over the age of 27, why are they still on this roster? I don't know. I think you're absolutely right. You should have flipped everybody if you were going to make the move and hit the reset button. And that's what we were saying they should have done. And, Joe, you know this. I've been saying the Finley thing since August. Yep. I... Very, very strange to me, some of those It's the moves. same as I was saying with Madison Bumgarner and the San Francisco Giants, Joe, right? Yeah. Like, yep. which way are you going to go? And it seems like since he is still kind of riding the fence somehow. I do not. Uh, I get why this move was made. I, I, if I'm, listen, if I'm a Rams fan, I got to be figuring out what in the hell just, what just happened here? Because in in just a couple of weeks, we've given up our, 2020 first rounder or 2021 first rounder or 2021 fourth rounder and fifth rounder. We also got rid of two starting DBs there in Marcus Peters. And now Aqib Tlaib comes to the Miami Dolphins of all places. But I get it because of the relationship. Don't forget, Aqib Tlaib was part of that Patriots defense when Flores was there. Um, there's also rumors that, listen, Aqib and Flores are very close. Uh, and Aqib wants to get into coaching. Um, okay. So it could very well be he go, his, you know, runway Brian Flores says, come here, hang out with me, you know, help me with the young guys. And there's a spot years, for and you. Your position coach. Exactly. I get it from there. But from the Rams perspective, you just keep giving away assets that I don't I I don't know. I mean, it's just... at some point, guys, that, you know, you're going to have to pay the piper here. I just don't know that the Rams are getting back what enough in consideration for what they're giving up at this point. So I hear you. Okay. If you remember, Joe, a couple of years ago, like the Browns and the Broncos, I think like traded Brock Osweiler mm-hmm. uh, for something like it was just a pick. And it was in essence, like a weird salary dump. And it was, and this was when the Browns had like, you know, all the money ball guys in the front office. And they were like, Oh, wow. This is mm-hmm. an NBA style trade, like a straight salary dump buyout kind of situation. Yep. And I think that's what the Rams did. OK, I, I, I agree with it or not, Joe, but that's what the Rams did with this move. This was like a salary dump. Give me any kind of pick. I want to get it off my books. And uh, we were saying the Rams were painted into a corner, right? Because of the moves they made, they're going to have to pay Ramsey with the already with mm-hmm. Goff and Gurley and uh, Donald and all that. This was a straight salary dump NBA style trade. They got a pick back. Um, that, that's what it was, like it or not. And I think the, the problem with the Rams, they should have also had Brandon Cooks on the move, but he's now uh, concussed and they're concerned about his future in history with the concussions. But the uh, keep to lead, this was that, that was a straight salary dump, Joe. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. They had one year left on it, so they're passing that off. They don't have to deal with him at the end, and it, which is fine. I get why he's wanting to come, but at some point, 
this is going to have to be answered for in the next year or two here for the Rams. And, oh, yeah. you know, you look at a team like the Eagles, lose. the Eagles have made it known how they're going, how Harry Roseman is doing business. They are not mortgaging the farm for the future anymore for a rental or, you know, there's a reason why the move, we know they need secondary help, but we also know that Harry Roseman ain't given up the world to go out and get a Jalen Ramsey or a Chris Harris Jr. Or, you know, there's a lot of things they could have done, but he's like, you know what? Not worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it to me. I'd rather build it in the draft, keep my assets, and go from there. So it's interesting, the dichotomy between how these front offices are operating in the like NFL right now. And being yeah. reactive? Sure. Shocking. Absolutely. Even the Dolphins have a plan. Like, I, what the hell is going on here? Unbelievable. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So we got some uh, we got some other uh, moves that uh, that took place there in the uh, in the NFL, including uh, the Falcons releasing a hundred year old uh, Matt Bryant, who I don't know why they brought him back to begin with, but yeah. he missed a couple of uh, field goals there uh, over the weekend, fifty one and fi- not like twenty three and twenty five, but fifty one and fifty three, and uh, they've gone ahead and uh, moved on from him. Uh, also the uh, we mentioned Trent Williams. Apparently, Trent Williams, uh, the Redskins for so long have been like, we're not trading him, we're not trading him. And then like 20 minutes before the deadline, we're like, all right, we're open for business. Like, we're <laughs> So nothing happens with Trent Williams, but he does report and ends the holdout to the Washington Redskins. But however, don't get all crazy there. He will not be seeing the light of day here. He's just reporting for uh, financial reasons, so he doesn't lose any more of his, you know, $12 million, $12.5 million he's checks. got left on his contract. So I get it. But again, dysfunction at the very top of an organization, moving all the way down. Mike Nugent gone now from the Patriots. That's the least um, unexpected news, I think. That was the least surprising of it. Uh, were they ever going to get him back? Were they ever going to get Goskowski back, or is he... I don't know. Was he ever coming back or? I think they put him on IR. He's on IR, right? So he's so. eligible to come back at some point, I think, over the next couple of weeks. But they're going to have to find though. somebody else. What's that? They, they got Nick Folk, though. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hello. It's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the cycle of life for a kicker is beyond me, man. Uh, we told you, of course, uh, Eddie Pinheiro. I thought this was great, too. Eddie Pinheiro, who... Uh, Missed that 40, uh, that 42 yarder, 43 yarder there that could have won the game for him against the Chargers at home. And yeah, well, instead of Matt Nagy calling with 40 seconds left on the clock, uh, something that might have, I don't know, given them at the very least a couple of extra yards. Yeah. Yeah, You know what else would have been good? If you would have maybe sat on the ball in the right hash mark because. Eddie Pinheiro comes out and says, I would have much have preferred the ball in the middle of the field 
instead of them taking a knee, you know, on the right hash like they did. Uh, he felt more comfortable with the middle, which they could have done at 41 seconds, Dane. But none of that was taken into consideration by Matt oh, yeah. Nagy, who was more concerned with not losing the game. He actually did nothing to help his kicker in that moment. It's so weird also because you, you see it all the time mm-hmm. in college and the NFL. Not even the idea of like getting the extra three yards, right? Okay, fine. You wanted to, you, you were worried about a fumble or something like that. Okay. But we see all the time, just like quarterback kneels down, they take the snap and they move over to whether it's the left, the middle, the right hash mark, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to set it up for the kicker. And, and Joe, you would think that like in preseason, in training camp, the kicker's mm-hmm. telling the special teams coach, yeah, I like it from the right hash. Yeah, I like it from the left hash. Whatever. We know these things. And mm-hmm. the special teams coach will tell the OC or that coach, yeah, 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 let's get this on the left hash. Like, what? I, I don't understand this. Okay, you didn't want to run another play? Fine, but what's up with just a QB kneel down where he takes a step over to line it up where Pinero wanted? It's just odd to me. And things that are like day one, you know, day one of spring training for baseball, pitchers work on covering first base. Isn't this what happens day one with a new kicker? He tells his coach, yeah, I like it from the left hash. And, and by the way, he, he didn't use it as an excuse, guys. He was telling the reporters that I'm a professional kicker. I have to adjust. He said, but the reality is, if a coach is going to kneel down, and this is, quote, if a coach is going to kneel down to set up a last-second field goal, he should at least know where to kneel down on. <laughs> and he's like absolutely it. correct. And by the way, Matt Nagy didn't. Nobody asked him, the quarterback. Nobody asked Pinheiro, where do you want it? You know what I mean? What What do you Because, by the way, if he's in the middle of the field, with the way that just missed it, that, that's in, guys. That's a, yeah, that field goal in. is good. Yeah, it, he missed just wide left by maybe a foot. If that's in the middle, yeah, guys, that's a that's a field goal. But you're and right, it's that attention yards, to detail. It might sneak through regardless of yeah. where it lined up. How is that not possible? At the attention to detail is what wins and loses games in the NFL. And teams like Chicago continue to lose. You know, all of these breaks worked out for him last year, except for at the very end, obviously, with the kicking situation. But it's no wonder. Like, if kicking's always been a problem, don't you think you would want to kind of, you think you got a guy, shouldn't you know that, Dane? Shouldn't that be something you're well aware of to begin with? Yes. This is, like I said, this is literally like in training camp, mm-hmm. the conversation you're having with the special teams coach. Yeah, I yep. like it over here, you know? And, and, and Joe, sometimes I hate being right. You know what I mean? Like you and I both all year long have been fading the Chicago Bears all year long. We said yep. they got all the breaks last year. We said their defense bailed them out last year. We said despite a six-touchdown game that we don't believe that Mitchell Trubisky is, you know, an elite or ascending young quarterback, especially in that draft class compared to right. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. We've been saying this all season long, Joe. And I'm now starting to say Mitchell Trubisky minds me a lot of Blake Bortles and that team mm. and those paths. And it's the same exact thing. It's kind of attention to detail stuff not happening. Yeah, the Bears are in trouble, especially they're looking up at Minnesota and Green Bay, who seem to be rolling. Yeah, they, they certainly they certainly do, man. And that's it's sad, too, because I know you're going to want to go ahead and uh, point the finger at Trubisky. But the truth is. The head coach should have known where kicker likes the damn ball. Uh, that's on you, Nagy. That's on your entire coaching staff, by the way. Uh, but it's interesting that all of that stuff starts to come out. I wonder if they're going to pull the old Joe Flacco, where maybe now he's got a herniated disc and, and uh, yeah, have yeah, to find yeah. a new kicker. Because uh, I'd have no doubt in my mind, no doubt at all, 
listening to what uh, Vic Fangio said uh, at the podium yesterday about Mm -hmm. Flacco's case. Guys, it could not have been more of a brush off with, uh, yeah, he's got a, um, we're going to, you know, he's going to have to go on IR. He's got a neck or something there. I don't know. That, that was literally what he said, guys. That was that was the extent of you're the head coach of the Denver Broncos and you have no idea what's going on with your starting quarterback. It, it it's a neck or a disc or something like that was that's <laughs> that it was, was foot what in you mouth know? disease. He challenged <laughs> me and foot in mouth and now he's gone. That's what this is about. You know the lucky part though oh. for Pinheiro and for Flacco. Remember, Joe, if they were members of the Cleveland Browns, John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens would fire them. Yes, yes, yes. Big time. Remember that? that Remember I, Denver yeah, and it kind of wrote that in right? the sand. Like the line was drawn in the sand where That's this right. is this is what it's going. I, you know, you, you're out of here. Well, right. <laughs> don't know about we'll that. See. Yeah, we'll don't, don't, don't know about that. Um, all right. So we've got some uh, crazy final couple of hours there of the trade deadline where ultimately not really much happened. So the contenders, guys like Philadelphia, Kansas City, they stood pat. And there's nothing really else uh, to say about them. They could have made moves, but I think it's I think they've sent the message that, you know what? We'll do it with what we got. We'll make the best of it and we'll worry about the, you know, we'll we'll fill our needs during the draft. I think it's meanwhile, the Giants, we know they they went out, made a change. They went out and got let it roll. I don't think that hurts. I don't think that hurts them at all. I have no idea how Cleveland, who basically mortgaged their entire, you know, everything to go out and get guy, you know, guys like uh Odell Beckham. I don't know how they weren't able to get on the same page with Washington, Dane. And get Trent Williams in there. You need. That's what I don't understand. And, and I don't get it, Dane. Like, what stopped you? What could they possibly have asked that you weren't willing to give up in order to be able to get a stud uh, tackle? I don't. I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, that's a surprising one to me too, Joe. You know, like because of the acrimony there, right, and the mistrust there, you knew that Trent Williams wasn't going to really. I mean, he reported, but this is like so he could get the service credit or whatever it is, you know, but. Same thing with, with, with like Cincinnati. We said, why aren't they not flipping their pieces? I think right. it's even more dramatic in Washington because it's not only that you're a one-win team, but that this guy hates you. Like, yes. flip him. What are you mm-hmm. – like, I, I don't understand that. I would have flipped Adrian Peterson also, I told you. Josh Norman also. So what are these teams that know they're not contenders? What honestly are they doing? I'm not sure. And to be honest, because of the drama and the, the – back and forth, like hatred also, I was so surprised. The Trent Williams one is the biggest one to me. I don't know why he reported that. That is one that I was not expecting. I amazing to me because the haul they could have gotten guys for a left tackle in today's game were from the competitors. I I can't, and I don't want to lay it all on Cleveland because maybe they offered him everything. Washington is just has the head up their ass, which is a very good possibility here. Our guy Rich on Twitter. Is saying right now that Washington asked for Denzel Ward and that price was too high. Fine, but okay. whatever the counter off, literally, Joe. Whatever Cleveland said in response, no, we won't give you Denzel Ward, but we'll right. give you but. a sack of deflated footballs. Right, I'd be like, exactly. deal. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, whatever exactly they correct. said back, I don't care if it was a conditional sixth round pick. Yep, deal. Yep, get it done. And if you're Washington. You got Dwayne Haskins as your future. Being able to get a bunch of assets moving forward to build this team around, you, and nothing. It's just, it blows me away the moves that were made compared to the moves that we thought were going to be made. 
And then, of course, the, the big winners, the 49ers, uh, the Cardinals. Uh, these are teams that went out and filled needs immediately. They didn't wait till the deadline. The Cardinals went out and got Kenyon Drake. Congratulations. Mohamed Sanu. Congratulations, New England. It's amazing that the teams knew they had a weakness, went out, took care of business, and they didn't wait until 4 o'clock yesterday to hem and haw back and forth about it. It's amazing, isn't it? Yep. Proactivity versus reactivity. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, and my how the market could change when there's pressures and deadlines and, you know, you don't have leverage anymore. So it, yep. it's interesting. But now the dust settles and now, you know, teams have who they're going to war with for the rest of the season. So, you yep. know, guy, teams like in, you know, Kansas City or when you mentioned Arizona or Detroit, you know, where you mm-hmm. wondered. Would their depth chart change for fantasy purposes, right? Like, oh, right. can I trust a Shady McCoy or Ty Johnson or who's it going to be left in Miami? You now have your answers. So uh, hit the waiver wire accordingly. Interesting. All right. Tonight, uh, game seven, Major League Baseball. Where are you leaning, Dane? Where are you going? I am going to take the under seven and a half runs, Joe, because I believe, you know, this is going to be like an all-star game, in my opinion. You said all the starters are ready, Johnny Hallstaff. Yep. As mm-hmm. soon as someone gets into trouble, they will get pulled. And yep. uh, so, and you know, we all know what happens to sphincters with pressure. And there is no more pressure than Game 7. We've also seen, Joe, neither one of these teams really get the clutch hits with runners and scoring positions. This is one of those, like, home run or nothing kind of things. Give me the under. I, I expect... I. I think that we're going to see a big effort by Scherzer, if not by both starting pitchers. Yep. I, um, because I'm holding the six to one here, I might, oh. I'm going to wait <laughs> to see what the market happens and maybe it comes down a little bit to like minus 125, somewhere along those lines. And they'll have a decision to make if I want to hedge it or if I want to go balls to the wall, all in at the table with Washington, Dane, on, uh, you know, they're plus 125 now. Houston's hovering around minus 135 in a lot of places. Yep. I think maybe that'll come down a little bit, and maybe we can get them, you know, minus 125, plus 125, somewhere in that ballpark, and then I've got a decision to make here. Just got to coordinate with as... Mattress Matt. Just wait to make uh, your bet until he drops another $3 million and moves the number. Then you could bet. Do I hedge or do I go just all in Washington, Scherzer, bloody sock too, that kind of thing along those lines? Because, listen, at plus 125, I thought the Washington, I thought Houston would be 160, 170. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I thought the hedge was going to be a little more expensive. But maybe, yeah, if it keeps going down, wait for yeah. Mattress Mac to bet and then bet it when it's minus 115 after he And you're a good point, man. That's a good point. Yeah, because you know he's going he's gonna to hedge too. Washington. Hit up Mattress Mac. Hit him up on social media. Being like, why are you dropping your bet so I can do it after? Yeah. Degenerate. All right. Uh, enjoy the games. We'll be back tomorrow. Breaking them down for you. Morning after is next. Good luck, guys. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. what you missed on Make It Rain. In one game last night, 
all was forgiven with how they handled Strasburg through his entire career because eight and a third innings, two runs, uh, and gives them everything they needed in order to set up a game seven and be ready for not where they're mixing and matching. Um, unbelievable. Strasburg delivered 5-0 and in the postseason, Dane. I don't know that it gets any better than what we've seen from him this year. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right there, Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, degenerates. Let's make it rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. What a game, Joe. Absolutely ridiculous, okay? I'm trying to go over the stories to see, like, which one you would name as the headline first. You know what I mean? And there were so many things to choose from. You talk about Rendon and Strasburg. I'll submit Juan Soto as someone who also, you know, um, the moment is not too big for him. But we talk about it, obviously. I thought it was real interesting, the Bregman and Soto, like, not bat flips, but hand the bat to the to the first base coach when they were going around tit for tat. But you're right. Steven Strasburg is the headline story here. 104 pitches. He goes eight in the third innings. He gets, you know, up a little bit in the first inning. And I don't know if you saw this, Joe. The pitching coach, Paul Menhart, told him in the dugout after the first inning that he was tipping his pitches. It seems like everybody's tipping their pitches against the Houston Astros. It seems like Strasburg was doing it. He said afterwards he would shake his glove a little bit more in innings two and on. And he only gave up three hits after that. But, you know from the idea of them shutting him down and not pitching in the playoffs to quote-unquote save him because they thought they would be there every year to now on what could be his last start as a Washington National. Remember him and Garrett Cole are free agents in the offseason to them letting him empty the tank, go back out there for the ninth and get through eight and a third. It was an incredible game between Strasburg's performances, the the home runs back and forth, the, and we haven't even gotten to the Trey Turner play yet in the seventh inning, Joe. Yeah, it, it was filled. Any one of those storylines on their own would have been, you know, enough to be able to carry the game and carry the excitement into game seven. But it was you had, you know, four or five different things happening in that game last night, all with a, uh, a nine inning game that proves once again, the baseball gods have a very unique way of making the universe all correct. And it doesn't take a all week, a lie. month, a year. It only takes within nine innings. And uh, whether it's uh, Bregman or uh, Soto, what goes around comes around in the game of baseball. It has for over 115 years, guys. It's just a very unique sport from that standpoint where we don't have to get them next year. Usually when a team gets really hosed, it comes back at some point within those nine innings. And uh, it had a lot of that last night.